0: Welcome to another episode of Pod for Good, a podcast where we learn from those doing good here in Tulsa. Why they care, what we can do, and most importantly, what you can do. Pod for Good is produced and edited by Rant9 Productions. It can be found anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm your chief philanthropod, Jesse Orch, And
1: I'm your vice-admiral philanthropod, Chris Miller. And today we talk to Andrea Pemberton, executive
0: director of Typros.
1: We talk to Andrea about all things Typros what drew her back to Tulsa, and she promised to bring in and out to Tulsa next year. She guaranteed
0: it. Enjoy. We are very excited to have Andrea Pemberton on the podcast today. Andrea, hello.
2: Hi, Jesse. Thanks for having me.
0: You are the executive director, Typrose. Was Typrose always a program of the regional chamber?
2: It has. It has always been a program. Chamber of Commerce, yep.
0: That seems like a much cooler program than the Chamber of Commerce would come up with. So that's why, was, even though I know your Chamber of Commerce like wins awards and such. so
2: We definitely make the Chamber look good. I think, I think really the credit should go to us, but we'll let them have a little bit of it.
0: Who do we talk to about the fact that we think O-Boom should have won the Boomtown uh, Person of the Year award over <laughs> yeah. Bruce Darts?
1: Yeah, uh, Jesse, that might be a tough uh, hill to die on for you. Uh, listen,
0: I think Bruce Dart should get his own award,
1: the Bruce Dart Award,
0: for being awesome in a year of a pandemic, but you know, still room for you. Oh, boom. He's not gonna listen. All right. Chris and I are both professionals who are still just barely considered young by the definition of your program. But for the people who don't know what TypePro's does or know, have heard the term, but don't actually know what the program is. Can you give us like a quick summation of what TypePro's is?
2: Yeah, just high level overview. Well, um, as you mentioned before, we are a program of the Tulsa Regional Chamber. We've been around since 2005, um, and we have actually recently updated our mission. So I'm happy to announce um, our new mission is to make Tulsa an awesome place for young professionals to live, work, and play. And we do that through various programming that is targeted at making our city more awesome, uh, that engages young people, that elevates young people in our community, and connects them in meaningful ways around topics that young professionals are passionate about here in our city. So we're organized into seven different work crews, as we refer to them as. But these are really just passion points that people have. Um, And they each meet monthly to have um, engaging conversations about these topics, such as business development, government relations, diversity, urbanism, sustainability... Um, and it provides a space for young people to enter into our city, to get connected, to get plugged in and to meet members of their tribe who care about the same things that they care about.
0: Very succinct and feels like it, it has been worked through
1: on a multitude of committees <laughs> and has been funneled down to that. And I like it. So one of, one of my favorite programs with Typros is the Get On Board program, which I think you're going through the process right now. It was my first way to get onto a nonprofit board as somebody who thought, they would not, as a young professional, not in a position to actually serve on a board. Um, so it was very impactful to me, and I've served on board since then. Uh, but can you talk about that program, you know, where you are in that, that process right now?
2: Sure. So the Get On Board program is an opportunity for our young professionals um, to intern on not local nonprofits. So they um, are non-voting, but they also don't have any legal or financial obligation. So it's really an opportunity for young professionals to um, have their voices heard and, and to learn more about how local nonprofits operate. Um, and there is a selection process wherein applications are open. We do a kickoff event. Applications are open for two weeks. Um, young Professionals apply for that. And then we um, select the top 30 and then we match make. So um, the different types of nonprofits and projects that young people are interested in, uh, we take their interest and we take the skills and needs required by the nonprofits and we place them in an internship for a full year. We're actually revamping the program this year. We're super excited to announce um, with Leadership Tulsa, New Voices, and with Junior League. And all of them already have nonprofit intern opportunities. However, we're coming together to basically create um, holistic training all together, um, which will help streamline the process. Uh, And then all of our nonprofits benefit from having highly skilled, highly trained individuals coming from all these different programs. We each just have a slightly different spin on it. Obviously, get on board. We're focused specifically on young professionals between the ages of 18 and 40.
1: And having served on both sides as the intern and then uh, on a board trying to attract uh, board members, um, we would often try everything we could to keep those interns on the board. And that's something that I think a lot of young professionals don't understand is that nonprofit boards defer- de- desperately want young people on their boards. And if it's something that you know, you don't feel like you, you have the connections to get onto a board or the training or the experience, it is a great low-risk way to to get started in that and, and find a way to plug into the nonprofit world in Tulsa. Absolutely.
0: I'm definitely on three boards, and I'm the youngest person on all three of those boards. And that's <laughs> yeah. why I'm there in the first place. Being on a, on a board really shows you a completely different side to how nonprofits operate, mm-hmm. organizations operate. And some, some boards do well, some boards do not do well. And it's good to be on more than one so you can see the difference, mm-hmm. as I've learned.
2: Absolutely. As Wendy Thomas of Leadership Tulsa famously says, if you've been on one board, you've been on one board. Um so each each nonprofit uh you know runs differently. Some are more hands-on, some are governing. So having opportunities to to sample without um like Chris uh, mentioned, you know, it's high access, low barrier opportunities for young people to to experience it without necessarily having to to fully commit. Uh they can sample it first. And it's a great opportunity for the nonprofits to sample and do a test run before they commit to a board member.
0: So you've been working for TIE pros for a little under three years. From at least, Again, from your LinkedIn page. Thank you, LinkedIn. <laughs> Sponsor of for Good. And before that, I noticed you were a math teacher. So I'm wondering, did you do Teach for America or did you do another thing that taught you to be a teacher and then you taught for a year and then moved on to something else?
2: All of that, um, all the connections are actually really interesting. And part of it is very much my story with Typos personally. I actually moved to Tulsa five years ago to do City or Tulsa, which is also an AmeriCorps program working in schools very similar to Teach for America. However, it is only one year. Um, so during that year, that's what brought me to Tulsa in the first place. And my involvement as a volunteer with Pros helped me get connected in the community and with the city. Um, and I fell in love with the opportunities that Tulsa provides for young people. So after, after that city year, I actually did a Fulbright in Israel for a year. Um, and then at the end of that, I was, um, a free agent, right? I wasn't in school. I didn't have a job. I could kind of go anywhere and do anything that I wanted. So I was applying to jobs. Um, on either of the coasts, really kind of looking into it. But it was my typer's family that kept messaging and reaching out, saying, "Hey, it's time to come back home to Tulsa." And I was like, "Wait, Tulsa's not home for me." Um, so I'm not sure what you're talking about. But they kept <laughs> on insisting, and really, the network that I had bit, built here in just a single year, um, really compelled me. And I said, "All right, friends, that I will send you my resume, and if you guys can find me a job, I will come back to Tulsa." And the next day, I got a phone call, and it was from Elsie Eretta Pollock, um, who's um, now, husband was very involved in Typros, and that was the connection. Um, so, obviously, having been in education for the past several years, she's like, "We'd love to have you." That's how I became a math teacher at Tulsa Honor Academy. Shout out to THA.
0: That is a that is a journey uh, from <laughs> from Tulsa to Israel, back to Tulsa, and then working for Typros. What is it about Tulsa? Like, where are you originally from, and what about Tulsa, like other than Typros, obviously, like attracted you to the city?
2: Sure, Um, I'm originally from Mustang, Oklahoma, so I'm definitely an Okie through and through. Um, And then moving here to Tulsa, I didn't quite know what to expect. Honestly, kind of being um, around the OKC area, um, I thought that Tulsa had a maybe like a better art scene. Um, But I was like, nah, you know, it's not as cool as OKC. I'm just going to go there for a year. I'm just going to serve do a service here, and then I'll I'll figure out what's next after that. But really, uh, the second that I touched ground here, just realized how easy it is to get connected in the city. Um, there is a spirit here that um, everyone just outpours their resources, their time, their energy to help connect you. Um, and all you have to do is ask, and sometimes not even ask. Sometimes you're just lucky <laughs> and you show up in a place and you meet all these friends who are also super well connected and they just share all of these networks and all these resources. And then um, I quickly found, you know, through typos, but also just through other opportunities in general, how easy it is to get an audience. Um, vertical networking here, honestly, is like a pretty flat thing to do. It's, a, uh, it's just as easy to get a coffee and an introduction with the CEO or the executive director of a foundation or you know what have you as, um, as just a peer. And I thought that was something that was really special about Tulsa was that the access and the sense of young people don't have to wait their turn. They can make an impact right now. And um, that was really, really appealing.
1: So, speaking of uh, foundations, I've always been a little fascinated with the connection with uh, between Type Rose and the Type Foundation. I know it's still relatively new, but how does that work? How does the interplay between Type Rose and the, and the Type Rose Foundation work?
2: So, in terms of strategy, again, um, placemaking is a huge asset of what Type Rose does. We want to help create and build the city that we want to see and make a, a physical impact on it. So, the foundation really engages young people in placemaking, creative, innovative, um, community building projects. So, it allows us to give out resources um, that engage young people in these projects essentially the connection between the two as the person who runs both of them. Typros throughout the year, we raise money and funds, especially through our annual Boomtown Awards, um, but also through pub clubs and other initiatives. So any mo- any funds that we raise go to the foundation and then the foundation um, then grants the, uh, the money out. Um, and then we typically look for projects where we can get Typros members involved to help with as well. So really, it's a symbiotic relationship that creates a great like name recognition and platform for TypeRose members and allows them to engage in some super cool projects. And often it's not uncommon for TypeRose members to apply for these grants um, and to receive them. So it's really, it's awesome. It's a pretty cool cycle.
1: Do you think, say, like a really cool podcast would maybe be something that uh, should apply for a grant? Thank you, Chris. Yeah, thank you.
2: <laughs> you should absolutely apply, especially because it's so placemaking and community building.
1: That's
0: right. Yes. I, I agree.
1: <laughs> well, one one other thing I before, Jesse, before you go, one other of the, your placemaking programs that used to be one of my favorite things to volunteer, and I assume it's still going on, is uh, Street Cred, you know, which... I still think is is largely responsible for uh, some of the growth in a- an area like the Pearl District, some of the development in South Downtown, which was maybe one of the last ones that I I volunteered with. But is that still going on? And how do you go about selecting where you want to uh, have your street cred program?
2: Sure. Well, for those um, who are listening who are unfamiliar with street cred, street cred is stands for community redevelopment. So essentially, typros will select an area of town um, that maybe just needs a little TLC. Maybe it's uh, it's been underserved. And we reimagine that space by pumping um, love, resources, time and effort and volunteerism into that area, um, typically in the form of, a, kind of like a, a day festival. However, obviously this year, it looked very different. Uh, we had a much smaller scale because of uh, the pandemic. Um, So we actually worked alongside um, the DCC, the Downtown Coordinating Council, and we did street cred in conjunction with Parking Day. So Parking Day um, is basically an opportunity for parklets and green space to reclaim the concrete jungle for a day. So we participated in that um, and we held a parklet design competition, which allowed for local firms to submit designs, um, which actually was a great partnership with the Downtown Coordinating Council because they had recently um, gotten CARES Act funding to help businesses build parklets. So it worked out really well that this is an opportunity to showcase that. Um, It falls right in line with the urbanist thinking um, of how do we reimagine spaces, right? How do we take a parking space and make it uh, multifunctional um, and also support businesses at the same time? So um, the winning project for this year actually was a um, stationary bike parklet. Um, so people could go out and work while pedaling. Um, and that was submitted by uh, this machine. And then uh, Lahari Blurry, who is at the Urbanist, urban design studio at OU Tulsa. It was a great way, again, to engage young people and thinking about what they want their spaces to look like. Uh, much smaller scale this year. We're still working on uh, hopefully finding a way to get that actually built. So it's not just a design but can actually be utilized by by Tulsa. But yeah, Chris, your point. I mean, street cred really does have a legacy of helping develop and build Um, And reimagined spaces. Another great example um, was the year before when we did Tulsa Art Alley. So um, right behind Elote downtown, there was a dingy old alley. Uh, Nothing was back there. It was stinky. There were a lot of dumpsters. And it was just an underutilized, unimagined space. And so Libby Billings and Kelly Cook came to us um, as Typrose Foundation Grant. And they turned that into Tulsa Art Alley. So now there are over 20 murals back there. People can stroll down. Uh, It's really reclaiming that space. Um in an artistic creative way, and then we did a street cred cultural art alley where uh, we came in, we cleaned up the alley, we painted it we and then we celebrated it with um with the street cred.
0: I know that we are still um you know eventually we'll be able to know the timeline of this pandemic and what part of it we are currently in. but where we are now, what has has typro sort of noticed or sort of gathered information about how this has been sort of affecting the young professionals here in town? And
2: so throughout the year, we've sent some surveys out. We're trying to get a pulse check on how it's affecting. Um, obviously, there is a huge paradigm shift happening uh, in the professional work world, namely with remote work. Um, and seeing what that looks like when you know when things go back to normal, are we going to continue to work from home? Um, how do we engage with one another? What types of needs do you have, professionals, have right now? At the beginning of the pandemic, it was we want to give back. Um, you know we're thankful that we have our job. We're thankful that we have resources. So what are the ways that we can support our local small businesses? Also, I'm bored. Um, please entertain us. <laughs> we got creative with our programming. We initiated at the beginning of the pandemic um, takeout Tuesdays, where we selected a business and we encourage all of our members to go um, and support that business on that Tuesday. Uh, we also engaged in some <laughs> some some talent shows, and virtual talent shows uh, to engage young creatives. And We just found ways to um, help you know, lift spirits, support our local businesses and entrepreneurs, um, and then just support our young professionals as um, as this pandemic has has worn on. So yeah, it's probably about time for another touch point to say, hey friends, how are we doing? Let's check in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, as as I was leaving your house after dropping off the microphone this morning, I was thinking about, I'm like, okay, I had a moment when everything I was doing, pandemic related, seemed a hundred percent normal. And I feel like that is a new phase when I wasn't even concerned, noticing that I was doing things that we've been doing during the pandemic. It just became what I'm doing now. And I was like, well, that's, that's obviously a new phase for me. Right. Everyone's been handling this differently. Everyone has different troubles. That's something I just noticed today. And I was like, oh, all right. This is, this is how my brain operates now.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. We pick up habits pretty quickly. It turns out.
1: Yeah. Well, we could ask about, um, our last guest, uh, last week's guest uh kuma roberts i have heard that you don't like her at all and you wanted to air some grievances about her
2: <laughs> yeah really if i could just take a moment to really
1: please please do
0: please, please do
2: <laughs> no kuma <laughs> roberts is absolutely my work wife uh she in so many ways uh has been an amazing partner in in terms of the work that we do her with mosaic and typos are both um under the community development division of the chamber which is literally made up of Two, which is just me and kuma so when jesse reached <laughs> out i was like do you know that you scheduled back to back uh not only people within the chamber but literally of the same division i knew the
0: first part did not know the second part yes
2: um, which i'm surprised that you didn't get re- recount uh in the, uh, <laughs> the timeline of how Kuma came to her position. Um, but yes, we are now under the community development division. I actually just got off a, a meeting with her, you know, right before we got onto this. So she wished <laughs> me luck and says hi to you both.
0: <laughs> she, I mean, she's one of those people who I've seen on like Zoom things and have seen at meetings, but never actually got a chance to talk to. Who I just I could, sort of knew if we could just get her on the podcast, like we would have a good time because mm-hmm. she seems a, a someone who cares about the work they do, but is also sort of just like themselves while they do it. And that's always, that's always fun.
2: <laughs> She's the most authentic, real and fun person. And I call it my, my, my humble honor to be able to work alongside her. I really am fortunate.
1: So both, the, both of your groups do have some similar missions, right? It is about, I mean, in a lot of ways about diversity, right? I mean, Ty pros, the, it's, it is focused on, on young people, but it, that is part of the mission. So are you able to work together on any of your projects and, and programs?
2: Yeah, so I'm really glad you mentioned that because that was what our meeting was about today was how can we be more um, collaborative and uh, intentional with the the programming that we're doing in the future um, before it's kind of just been both of us cheering each other on with our respective <laughs> programs. But this year, we're really set on, um, you know, let's get these joint, you know, opportunities and initiatives on the calendar so that we can um, partner together because, you know, like you said, Coom is focused on diversity from the entire spectrum, right? Uh, and TypeRose is really focused on this niche group of young professionals but even young professionals, uh, you know, while we might have trends and how we think, how we behave, you know, the types of things that we want, there's also a ton of diversity within young people. Uh, so we joke a lot that Rose is all things to all people because we kind of have to be uh, to engage such a diverse group of young people. Um, we have to talk about all different topics. Uh, we have to engage them in uh, all different ways. So it, it definitely uh, provides a lot of opportunity for creativity. And super cool programming. So I'm very much looking forward to the work that we are going to be doing with Mosaic in 2021. So everyone stay tuned for sure. You Mm -hmm. were
0: telling me that this new division that you and Kuma are under, it's new. Mm -hmm. And so what was the thinking about moving these two programs into this sort of one umbrella?
2: Yeah. So um, before, we were um, workforce and education. So, And the lens from which we were viewing things was really more about... um, attraction attention of both young people businesses uh you know trying to develop a, a an inclusive um and prepared workforce and i think the process uh once the, the once the division the restructuring happened and um, we really saw TIEPros pros as an arm um of yes attraction and retention but um, more of the really the community development piece you know we um We welcome people into our community. We give places to plug in, to engage, um, and very much so the same with Mosaic, um, just focused on the topic specifically diversity and inclusion. So um, we are always out um, pounding the pavement day after day, reaching out to make connections with other individuals in the community, to find ways that our programs can support them and vice versa. Um, And so in that way, I mean, community development just made perfect sense for the type of work that we were doing. The chamber agreed and decided to put us into a uh, division together.
0: (laughs) But, but what happened to tourism? <laughs> Wasn't tourism also with workforce earlier, at least according to one of Kuma's many jobs?
2: <laughs> so different division uh, has always been different, but we also, we also work closely with them on, on different projects as well. Yeah, they're on a, a separate section of the chamber offices, if you ever make it to the if we ever go back to the offices.
0: <laughs> true, true. Uh, was, there, was there a time when you were interim executive director when you were like, I would like to be vice president of Typros? You know, I really <laughs> pushed
2: for that, frankly, vice president of young professionals and <laughs> Typros.
0: Yeah, or just like Vice President, comma typos.
2: Yeah, honestly,
1: <laughs> I'm all about commas and job titles mm. these days. Although I like Vice President of young professionals. Young <laughs> just yeah, yeah the, they don't have to even be in Tulsa. Just young professionals everywhere. Yeah, You're the yeah. Vice President of all of them. Well, I feel like in that
0: case, there needs to be a President of that, though, right? <laughs> it just feels like you would have someone as President of that. <laughs> oh, boom. so she, 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 yeah. There you go. I I mean, no Jim, yeah, for for yeah. Sure.
2: yeah. yeah. To, to, make, to make amends for him.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> to make amends for the injustice. So, Jesse, speaking of interviewing, you've been interviewing people for Tulsa Remote. Um, have you seen uh, many, if any, of the Tulsa Remote participants showing up in Typros? Seems like some of them would, would also want to plug in that way.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, actually, one of our um, incoming leaders for next year, our volunteer leaders, is from the Tulsa Remote program. Jackie. Shout out to Jackie. She's great. And, <laughs> no, it's, it's a great opportunity for engagement. I think uh, Tulsa Remote does a fantastic job of building a community within the organization. Um, so Tyke Rose again, is just that one piece that hopefully will help give them opportunities outside of the Tulsa remote cohort to engage with other young people in the city. Um, so, yeah, a lot of we see a lot of Tulsa remote people and we're always really excited to have them because they are bringing great, fresh ideas, um, new enthusiasm, new energy. Um, and it's always a delight to, to have them involved in our programming. And so we're excited um, that that program is expanding. And listen, if they're bringing in all the young people, we will gladly, gladly get them plugged in. <laughs> It's so a very symbiotic relationship that way.
0: Because of my weird Tulsa work history, I don't know if it's this way in Tulsa, but I feel like it is as it is in other cities, which is that there's currently a sort of ceiling that young professionals hit in certain organizations and they have to stay there while anything above them, like there there are people still in those jobs and those people stay for a very long time. And so there's both like title and salary problems that come up. And like, are, have there been conversations within typros of like, what to do about that here?
2: So it's a really interesting question. Um, and again, I think to some extent, we're, we're seeing a little bit of a shift in that. I think we're seeing um, an expansion of young people um, embarking out on other opportunities uh, and uh, also forming their own, becoming entrepreneurs, creatives. Um, if there is a ceiling, I think young professionals are becoming less and less patient to wait their turn. Uh, so finding opportunities that will allow for, for high growth um, and to skill them up as well. So um, yeah, and I mean, professional development that's provided by Typers hopefully will help uh, individuals kind of uh, make up that decision. We we had a success series event uh, just the other night where we just had conversations about what a success look like, and so much of that conversation was really focused around risk taking um, and deciding. You know, if you're not happy in your job, if you feel like you're not growing. Um, you know, take risks while you're young, you know, it's easier to do it then. So um, to, to embark and, and find your new passion project or um, to find a new company, if the one that you're at is kind of keeping you there.
0: Between the two of us, Chris and I have worked for like seven places, like six for me and one for him. <laughs> for most of our working ad- adult life, Chris is at a place that has a system to reward people for good work and you know, eventually everyone becomes a vice president because again, who doesn't want to be a vice president? Right. And there's senior vice president, which I don't, are you a senior vice president yet? I, I feel like we've talked yes. about this. Okay.
2: What happens from there?
1: Well, from there, there's a big, there's a big gap to get to uh executive vice president. There's only, there's only, there's a very small number of those, like a handful of those. So that's a, that's a tough one, but maybe I could be senior vice president of young professionals. That, that would probably be a, uh, an upgrade from where I am.
2: We're going to get you on the payroll for sure.
0: <laughs> I'd like to be uh what's the, the president pro tem of
1: <laughs> Tulsa professionals. Yes. So, oh, so you want all Tulsa professionals, not just the young ones.
0: Yeah. Well, cause here's the thing in Boston, I was very involved in a large project of the entire Jewish community there, which was getting young adults more engaged. Right. And while I was involved in it, the what was considered young went up by about six years by the time I left. And the reason for that is it wasn't actually about age. It was about where they were in their life. People who got married and then had kids, there there were already programs and things to help them along that journey. What there wasn't was what to do to people who don't have kids, <laughs> but who are still out and about and doing things and wanting to be engaged in a way that doesn't involve, you know, that isn't geared towards their children, but geared towards them. and. Like I'm noticing on the website that Typrose is inclusive of age, status, place of birth, and such what.
1: Is it the technical term? <laughs> and
0: uh, such yeah, what? It, it says yeah, yeah, place of birth and comma such what. Should <laughs> probably change that. How does typrose <laughs> handle the struggle that is what what does young mean anymore?
2: Sure. Yeah. So it's a good question. I'm glad you brought it up. We get asked it a lot, you know, what what qualifies as young, we say that for all of our programming, it's young and young at heart, we do cater to the age demographic of 18 to 40. And even within that, probably more explicitly from uh, 21 to 40, frankly. But yeah, it's 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 the the age range where you know, if you attended college or out of college, you've probably moved to a new city and creating the opportunity for young people to get engaged. However, we have all ages that attend our our programming and we welcome them because uh, while the programming is geared towards young people, um we need everyone's perspective at the table uh and and we love to have a diverse group of individuals who who share in the same interests that we do
1: well and i believe one of our uh dear friends Andy Cagle, has re- refused to age out of uh Typros so i mean shows that you can keep going even even if you shouldn't still be there right
2: Absolutely. So we <laughs> ceremoniously <laughs> kick out, uh, kick out, in air quotes, uh, members of Typros once they hit 40 with a um, a glass boot full of beer. And that is how they get the boot. Uh, so. <laughs> but we do also have really strong um, alumni of Typros, We call them Typros XLT. I was telling Jesse earlier today, uh, my organizational knowledge only goes back so far. I've only been in Tulsa for five years. Uh, so I'm calling on these individuals uh, who joke all the time, you know, I'm waged out of Thai pros, you know, but you have all of the, the insight and the intel and you can give context for some of the things that worked in the past and why some things failed. Um, And it really continues to help young people now. And honestly, at the end of the day, you know, having such awesome community leaders who were a part of Thai pros and have now seeing where their career is, um, is really exciting. And I think that that connectivity of, um, kind of the old guard of Thai pros and the new group coming in and um, that connectivity is really important and it's super beneficial.
0: I, f- I feel like we, we need to get these people together and found T pros <coughs> uh, just tell us professionals. <laughs> oh,
2: Okay. <laughs> well,
0: cause no, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like it's not something that occurs to you when you're 25 or 30, but what happens when you sort of age out of the group that you are, that you sort of identify with? Like, I don't know. How long I will have to have a job before I no longer consider myself a young professional? But it's going to be a while mm-hmm. because Chris and I are both going to turn forty in twenty twenty one. And I don't. When I was twenty, I thought by the time I was forty, I would feel old, but I don't. So what does that mean now? Right? It's a. Uh, it's something. It's something interesting to think about. Not that it's important for us to talk about. I just want to say it out loud. <laughs> hey, just keep coming so. to
2: Typer's events. We will gladly have you, regardless Listen, Chris, of what. Yeah, you're...
0: Chris. Yeah, Chris, <laughs> Andy, and I birth. are going to be at everything. That's so right. yeah.
2: Although I will uh,
1: say, often when I wake up in the morning, I do actually feel rather old. Um, so I have to I have to warm up for a little bit. Then I feel young again.
0: It does seem a little harder to get up off the ground <laughs> than it used to. Um, but
1: you <laughs> but know, we're still I'm young like, at well, heart. Young at heart. Yeah, right? yeah just listen, just not young of joint. Yeah,
0: young yeah, certainly not. Yeah. Uh, or young or young of liver. So going in you know, we are in December of 2020. 2021 is coming soon. Thank God. Like let's get this year over with. How much planning has Typrose done for 2021? Or is it still sort of waiting to see what happens with the, the coronavirus, like when the vaccine comes out? Are you sort of just sort of keeping things as they are now?
2: So I'm glad you asked that. we uh we have some things up our sleeves for 2021 that we're super excited about. Um, and interestingly enough, we we talked for a while about, you know, we're really, really event heavy. We just did a lot of events. And so since we can't gather people, what are the types of initiatives and programs that can make impact that don't require us to all be in a big room together? Um, so some of the uh, impact that we made just briefly this year um, that will roll into to next year that were some of our successes in a crazy pandemic year um, was 918 Vote, which was our... Uh, voter registration, um, education, and then get them out to the polls uh, initiative. So over the course of the year, we registered over 1,400 new voters. Um, we held um, information sessions virtually. We, um, in conjunction with other partners like the League of Women Voters, held the mayoral forum, which brought together all the mayoral candidates so that people could watch that on Facebook Live. Um, so really doing the work of you know who can be in these spaces to inform and to educate and specifically you know targeting young people. And, and that's what we did. So we had to pivot. You know, it wasn't uh, in-person meet and greets. We had opportunities. We also threw a uh, an early voting block party. So at One Oak Field, when everyone was lined up, we brought out a DJ. We had pizza. We had I voted masks, uh, and we made you know standing in line for a couple hours at least a little bit more enjoyable. And we really you know pushed and and, and drove for young people to get engaged, especially this year. What a, what a critical year, right? That was something that we're really proud of. But that got us really thinking in the space of you know initiatives and programs for 2021. The sky really is the limit. Um, and we can start thinking in new creative ways outside of um, just kind of gathering in person. Although we can't wait to get back to that too, frankly. But I will tease, um, you actually are the first um, to hear about a new initiative that Typros is uh, working around the clock now <laughs> um, to get out. Um, So as a sister program to 918 Vote, we are creating a program called 918 Lead, where we are, um, it's a four-month program that is helping young professionals who are political curious decide if, in fact, they want to run for elected office um, across the Tulsa region. So we'll be bringing in um, previous elected officials, current ones to talk about, you know, what, what does a day in the life of an elected official look like? Uh, what does the campaign look like? Uh, you know, what, what do you need to know about running this before you dive head first? Uh, so we joke that we want it to be um, equal parts inspirational and equal parts terrifying so that again, <laughs> professionals are informed about what this looks like. Um, but that when they do decide, you know, this is for me, that they feel a little bit more prepared. So we're super excited about that program. We're hoping, especially after a... a um, election year, frankly, um, that we will get more and more young people thinking about running for office because 918 vote, you know, that's one part of our democracy. The other part is actually uh, signing up and, and running for office and being in places of decision making power.
0: Did with 918 vote, did you work with an, another guest that we had on the podcast recently was Tommy Yap from the Tulsa Voter Van. Yes. Tommy. And I know he also did some programs around the early voting in One Oak. Um, and he's also very young. So I assume he is a uh, Typro connected or Typro adjacent.
2: <laughs> yes, very much so. Yeah, Tommy. Uh, we back in the before times bef- uh, in February <laughs> when when we had elections, uh, not remotely. Tommy got super involved, and we we um, worked through and created a notary base uh, together. Uh, and really, the work that he did. I mean, he and his partner are going from we had an idea. We were sitting in our living room, and then you know we decided to just make this happen and to see how much that program has expanded. Um, And it's Mm -hmm. such a critical service that's needed. So, I mean, Tommy is an exceptional example of young people uh, seeing a need and filling it um, by sheer willpower and uh, some strategic partnering. So Tommy is a great friend of TyPros and we're super excited about all that he was able to accomplish in in 2020 as well.
0: He definitely wasn't weighed down by years of disappointment in the system. And he's like, you know what, I'm
1: just going to do this. <laughs> one of the thing, and I, this is something that I used to love about Rose, And once again, I don't know if they're still doing this, but I was one of the volunteers that uh, claim responsibility for helping get Trader Joe's here to Tulsa. Thank you, Chris. Um, welcome. But is that, is that, that was a, to me, a really fun program. And I know there've been other uh, similar things that Rose has done. So are they still working on similar things to try to get, get stuff uh, brought to Tulsa similar to that?
2: Sure. So Bring It to Tulsa, um, our, our, our claim to fame for Bring It to Tulsa is Trader Joe's and Uber, which we famously brought to Tulsa. Um, there have been some other kind of um, backroom conversations about other types of uh, businesses or companies. Um, we haven't really, uh, I mean, obviously with Tesla for Tulsa, I mean, mm-hmm. we were super excited about that project. Um, and so helped with social media campaign, uh, really trying to, to bolster um, the sense of quality of place, especially for young people, for, for Tesla. So we were pretty bummed that we didn't get that. Um, but we weren't leading the charge on that. So I'm excited in 2021 to revamp and to reimagine. Uh, we do still kind of have this master wish list that Tulsa has had for many years of different companies that they would like to see here. Um, but also just with the change in the economy uh, and the change in the types of professions, I mean, there's a lot more opportunity to bring in um, startup mid-level you know, tech industries. Uh, which I think has not necessarily been um, on on people's radar. It's usually kind of like brick and mortars. So uh, having more service driven, bring it to Tulsa opportunities. I think is probably where we're going to pivot next. Um, in addition to, I know Aaron Belsley, he mentioned this on, on his podcast of Tulsa Remote. Uh, direct flights has always been something that that we're trying to push for as well. So stay tuned to to what we have in 2021. Hopefully, we'll get another a, another big you know wish list out, and we'll start going after some of those companies.
0: So what you're saying is In-N-Out Burger and Tulsa in
2: 2021. Jesse, yes,
0: All yes, right. yeah. On the record, yeah. Uh, IKEA. Um... Yeah, uh, no, please, God, no.
1: <laughs>
0: is please that, don't do that. Is that to one of me. those
1: things that you want until you get it? Right. No,
0: I've I've never wanted it, <laughs> and I never liked going.
2: Although we have had conversations about TaskRabbit, which apparently is like a. Uh, subcompany of of IKEA and that we don't have a Task Rabbit here, and it was actually a Tulsa remote person that brought that as like you know it's in every city, but it's not here. Um, so I don't know Task Rabbit. We can yeah. sponsor this podcast and come to Tulsa. Yeah, listen, there
0: you go. Task Rabbit. Uh, email me. You can find it. <laughs> IKEA never. <laughs> IKEA and and Peer uh, Peer One Keep your never sponsors of anything. <laughs> yes, um, they stopped serving the pretzels, which was just another slap in the face to me. Anyway not a fan of ikea's stores or or furniture. Anyway, moving on.
1: <laughs> wow. I didn't realize yeah. ikea was such a trigger
0: for you, Jesse. So, Tulsa is great and Tulsa has many positive qualities, but it also has infrastructure or base issues that we are we have to deal with to help the, you know, to help move us to the place we want to be, whether it's the the funding for public schools, whether it's road construction whether it's the inequity of mm. Tulsa as a whole like mm-hmm. for you what do you see as like not like the if the if we fix this one problem we'd fix everything but what is the thing that you're noticing the most of right now
2: all of that and then some um i think from an infrastructure standpoint uh river development is going to be critical for Tulsa and i'm excited to see that there are some some moves finally being made on that after you know decades and decades especially with you no, know, projects like the great raft race, um, Seth Ergenbett, shout out, uh, that uh, have really kind of highlighted the, the need uh, and underdevelopment of the river. Unfortunately, a lot of the things uh, Tulsa is bound by are at the state level. Um, some people ask me, you know, what's the worst part of Tulsa? And I say Oklahoma. <laughs> um, and this is coming from Anoki who loves her state. But uh, in terms of, you know, policy, sometimes it, it can hold back our, our progress. In terms of um, kind of the social space, there's a lot of good work being done. Um, for small entrepreneurs, obviously, a huge setback with um, the pandemic. Um, but I think where Tulsa has a lot of room to grow is, frankly, in the equity space. I think that a lot of companies and people are starting to get on board um, for understanding that um, yes, Oklahoma has a reputation. Perhaps Tulsa does or doesn't. I think some people have either no opinion of us or perhaps a slightly negative one. Uh, so we can really work on branding to to drive. The uniqueness of the city, but at the same time, we have to create a welcoming and open space for a diverse group of young people and people in general. I mean, it just has to happen, Uh, and it takes effort. It's not you know just inviting diverse groups of people to move to our city and then um, expecting that they'll just plug in automatically. It takes um, it takes curating, and it takes um, making sure that all of our organizations and businesses are on board to be able to support them in a meaningful way. Um, and helping get connected and to see the growth and the flourishing that happens from there.
0: Earlier on, and we stopped doing this, we sort of been asking people like how they've been handling this. But after a while, everyone was just handling it, right? So there was, there was less issue about like how, how to do this, how to do that, because we've all sort of figured out ways of doing it. But what I, what I do like to know and I think people are interested in is during this, well, first of all, I have two questions. <clears throat> Going back here. First question, when we're talking about politics, are you a veep, Parks and Rec or West Wing politics type of person, or none of the above.
2: Oh, y'all, um, I'm like a watching the city council on Wednesday night on Facebook Live type gal. So I don't know.
0: Okay, so, so, so you're a, you're a parks, sounds, and right. parks and Rec person. Parks and Rec, sort of. You know. yep.
2: And I've, I've yeah. seen uh, some of the seasons, but I, I, I didn't, you know, fully fully commit. But I uh, know, people swear yeah. up and down that beep would be my show. I mm. just I, I struggle at this point to get into any um shows that are like seasons and seasons and seasons long because that's just a commitment that, you know, I thought even in the pandemic I would be able to commit to, but I'm like, this is just gonna suck me in. And I gotta I gotta be productive elsewhere. So
1: So who is your favorite recurring character on the city council meetings? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Oh, man, we have just such good ones. And, and truly, the just the complete and utter normalcy of it. School board meetings as well, I should point out. It's not oh, just really? the council yeah. I did oh, not yeah. know that. Yeah, uh, very prolific. Showing up to all. That's the engagement that I aspire that every person <coughs> has to make a comment for every proposal. Mm-hmm. That's We should all be that I, engaged. Yeah,
0: that's right. The Tulsa the, the Public School board meetings have been going like record lengths. And like, I always want to check it out. And I'm like, then I see when it's over, it's, it went on for eight hours. I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need to watch that eight hours now.
2: Yeah, listen, I don't envy a single person in no. position of power and leadership right now. It has been just an insane year, and you know, to some extent, uh, darn if you do, darn if you don't. Uh, there's going to be frustration regardless of what choices made. Um, it's it has been encouraging to see us moving in the direction of being mindful that we are in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> and therefore uh, we should be doing things to, to mitigate that, the toss up between the economy and public health. I mean, it's, it's a hard decision that's being made. And especially from the school board perspective, I don't have kids. I can't imagine being a parent in the middle of this. So shout out to the parents y'all are mm-hmm. holding it down. Much love to all of y'all. Um, but the quickest way for us to get back to normal is for us to get the pandemic under control. And the truth is, is that we need strong leadership to make that happen Again, our hands are tied in so many ways that even if we do it at the city level, even if we do it at the school board level, uh, to some extent, we do need, you know, statewide mask mandates. We do need uh, we do need policies in place at the state and federal level that can help us manage this.
1: You can you
0: can you can admonish Broken Arrow. Right? <laughs> Broken Arrow, you're wrong. Get your shit together. It's so
2: frustrating. Have you seen the meme uh. with... Uh, the Simpsons all in the car. Yep. And oh, yeah. Yeah. Broken Arrow. I, I shared
1: that <laughs> with you, Jesse, didn't I? Yeah. Yep, yeah, you did. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Since you haven't been binge watching shows, what have you been, what activity have you have you been doing that's sort of been your sort of your connection to culture, your pop culture, comfort food, as we've been calling it?
2: Uh, well, I, I do have to preface that I have been, uh, MasterChef has been make, like on the background uh, mm. for, you know, the last several weeks. It is not... I can Masterchef can be on the background. I I can't commit to a sitcom or a show like that. I have to follow all the storyline. MasterChef, you know, whatever. Like you burn the food or you don't. Um (laughs) so that is one piece. Um, but getting back into reading uh has been a surprising joy of this pandemic. And also Y'all, I'm not like a natural girl. Like, you don't really find me outdoors all that often. I I, I truthfully prefer to be inside. Um, I'm with you. But have have uh, taken some strolls around the block. And it's really a stir-crazy thing of, like, I have to get out of my house. Whereas before, you know, I had options to get out. Mm. So, uh, yeah. I guess reading and, and taking walks around my block.
1: So what kind of stuff have you been reading?
2: Uh, really, all kinds. Honestly, uh, I've recently gotten back into... This sounds so silly. Why, like young adult novels? I, I read the series of The Giver, um, mostly mm-hmm. one because fifth grade math teacher, I, I love reading the, the books that my students were reading. That's the excuse I'll say. Um, but also to support uh, local books, bookshops like Eleanor uh, Eleanor's Bookshop. Uh, over at Mother Red Market, go check them out. So some why some young adult novels and then honestly just kind of anything I I get my hands on or recommendations that I've had. I'm currently reading by Moshe Muhammad. It's uh, the reluctant fundamentalist. Uh, I loved his book, Exit West. It was whimsical, it was tragic, it was um, unflinching critique of immigration. So I mean there's uh, there's all types of, of stories that I'm into. If you guys have any recommendations, I will gladly take them. I am I am on a reading kick right now. So send me your lists.
1: Well before we wrap up, just we want to give it a chance. How how can people connect with uh Typrose? What are some things they should be looking forward to? Just your give us your last little pitch, your plugs for Typrose.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um so obviously you can always go to typrose.org. We have an events calendar. And you can follow us on social. We're on Facebook. We're on Insta and we're on Twitter. Uh, we also have a LinkedIn group that you can join. Uh, so there's some some great ways to get involved. Sign up for the newsletter. It has all the great information uh, week over week. Um, other ways to get involved uh, on our website, each of our crew leaders have their information. So you can just email them directly. Uh, they're super affable, wonderful, amazing, talented people. And they would be more than happy to get you plugged in in their particular initiatives. And um, if you really want to dive headfirst in, uh, you can also find me on the website, send me an email, and I will get you added to our Typros Slack workspace, which is where the real magic happens, y'all. Wow. Um, so this is some of the ways to get involved. Um, and then, then until we get back in person, our virtual meetings are happening. So feel free to to hop into any of those that are interesting to you. And hopefully we'll be back in person relatively soon. Um, of course, be on the lookout for, uh, 918 lead, um, that will be launching January of this year. Uh, applications for that will, will open about mid January. At any point I'm open for a coffee. I'm open for, you know, any, just chat about how to get involved or plugged in. I'm happy to meet all the young people in our city and to find out what their passions are and to, to make it happen for them.
1: Awesome.
0: Andrea, thank you so much. And, you know, hopefully you're Holiday season is both safe and enjoyable in however way people do things these days.
2: Same to you all. Thank you so much for having me and for getting to talk about young people in Tulsa. What a fun topic.
0: Thank you all for listening to our conversation with Andrea Pemberton. Please make sure to check out Thai Pros on all the social media channels. And speaking of social media... Please follow Pod for Good on Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitter. And of course, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you can. And as always, Tulsa, get it done. And please, for the love of all that is holy in this world, wear a mask.